We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit more about Jordan Love and why this is such an important decision for the Packers to make this offseason and what they want to, you know, officially do with Jordan. And it's a very complicated matter. Really quickly, the one piece of news, well, we had a very epic playoff game, first of all, uh, Jaguars with a massive comeback against a really crazy choke job by the LA Chargers. I did not see that coming. The first half that Trevor Lawrence had, I, I mean, what mental fortitude to have four picks in the first half and just look beyond atrocious and to put together that second half and come back and win the game. Really special stuff from Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars, not Jaguars, Jaguars. Uh, then we also had another playoff game that looked like it was going to be close at halftime. You had the 49ers making some uncharacteristic mistakes, and then they just pull away in the second half. 49ers win easily against the Seahawks. From a Packers news standpoint, we found out some fines that were given to Razul Douglas and Quay Walker and bizarrely Jamal Williams. Uh, I'm not going to touch on this too much, but the fact that Jamal Williams was fined more for dancing in the end zone than Quay Walker was 
for pushing a uh, you know physical assistant or medical assistant uh, that was coming into the game to help out an injured player is beyond insane. And yes, you can tell me all the rules that you want, that it was Jamal Williams' second offense for dancing. I do not care. Um, that can't happen. Like You just have to have better common sense rules that if Quay Walker is pushing somebody that is from, that's not even a player, that is on the field, that is from the medical staff that's coming out to assist a player, that needs to be a much heavier fine than Jamal Williams thrusting his hips in the end zone. That should go without saying. The fact that it doesn't is just absolutely mind-numbing. Uh, but from a Packers standpoint, um, the one big thing that we did learn is that Quay was not suspended. Could have been suspended a game. That would not have shocked me, uh, but was not suspended. So he will be able to play in week one of next season and will not have to face any sort of league suspension. So that is my quick news and notes. We have another round of playoff games. Clearly, all Packer fans will be cheering against the Vikings on Sunday, but should be hopefully a decent round of playoff games. I know you've got, uh, you know, Skylar Thompson having to go against the Bills. You've got Tyler Huntley maybe probably going against the Bengals. You know, you, you end up with some less than favorable matchups because of the injuries to Tua and Lamar, but hopefully we still get a very good playoff day on Sunday, which would be even better if the Vikings lost and uh, kept that trophy case empty for another season. But on we go to Jordan Love. So I want to start off with Brian Gudikin's comments on Jordan Love. He said, and I know I mentioned these yesterday as well, but he said, quote, he's, he definitely thinks he's ready to play. He felt really good if he would have had to play significant time this season and basically said that his next step is that he has to play in games. And we've heard similar sentiments from Matt LaFleur and, and some really great comments on how he's developed throughout the course of the season from Matt LaFleur. We even had that interview with his teammates in one of the local TV shows or radio shows, I forget which one it was, but that basically uh, they were saying that when they go against him in practice every day, that he is, you know, he feels like a better, you know, player than the starters that they face on a week to week basis. So we've had these comments piling up from Jordan Love in very limited, minuscule playing time this year. I do feel like we've seen some significant steps from him. I do think the other quote from Brian Gutekunst, you know, when he's asked, you know, you know, what's a better option, the, you know, Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love and, you know, Brian basically said, well, one's a four-time MVP. And yeah, obviously, and Jordan has yet to play in, you know, really any meaningful football. He had the one game against Kansas City, which is hard to hold against them, a half against the Lions last year, a cup of tea here and there, but no real meaningful football, especially like being able to go into the game ahead of time and prepare for the game to be able to, you know, go back to back games to see what defenses are throwing at them. Like those are things that you just, until you experience them, you, you, you have legitimately no idea of what that player is going to look like and what he can grow from when he actually gets that experience in the games as well. So uh, those were sort of the, the comments that we've been hearing is that he looks good. He looks like he could be a starter. He looks better. Um, so again, those, those are important comments to note. Some of those comments uh, you could chalk up to what are they supposed to say? Is Brian Gutekind going to you know be like, nah, he's man, he's not what we expected. He's really struggling. It just doesn't look good. Is Matt Lafleur going to be like, yeah, he's regressed all season, and we're not sure what to do with him? Or his teammates going to be like, man, yeah, Aaron's really good. The guy that comes in on scout team and is our backup is a complete bum. Like, of course they're going to compliment him, right? So it all goes back to the the, the biggest key here, and Brian Gutekind very clearly said it is that he needs to play. In order to figure out what Jordan Love is and what he can be and if he can take a step and if he can be a starter, everyone just needs to see him play and evaluate his play on the field. 
And unfortunately, that has not been something that they've been able to do. Or fortunately, if you want to look at the bright side, that Aaron's been able to play in the vast majority of games. Clearly, that would have been a good thing that you you know you didn't have a, a starting quarterback that was missing significant time. But from a Jordan Love evaluation standpoint, not getting to see him for any significant playing time really hurts the overall evaluation and potential trade value. Because if he goes in and he looks awesome and you want to go that route, uh, then he could potentially fetch more in a trade as well. So that's that piece of it, of what's just some of the comments that we've heard, heard some of the, the small playing time that we've seen him in and just kind of some of the small improvements that he's made when we have been able to see him this year. I want to go back quickly though to this past season. One of the things that I mentioned is like the night that the season ended, the night that they lost to the Lions, is that you could make a strong argument that the, their eight and nine finish, their, you know, once they were four and eight to win four in a row and then lose in the last game, they're like, again, outside of losing in a Super Bowl or like another heartbreaking NFC championship loss, that would probably sting worse. But just in, in general, like football, like optics and like what you're like eight and nine and finishing in that fashion is arguably the worst thing that could have happened to the Packers this year. They don't make the playoffs. They have a heartbreaking loss at the end of the season when they had the chance to make the playoffs. They played really bad football for the majority of the year. You don't get the opportunity to evaluate your young players, specifically Jordan Love, in a capacity that you would have been able to if you were just a little bit worse and were eliminated from the playoffs sooner. So like, you can make an argument that 2022 was almost a worst case scenario for how they ended up. If they're worse, they get a better draft pick and you get a Jordan Love evaluation. If they're, be- if they're one game better, they make the playoffs. And what I will say here to sort of add on top of that and why that's an important uh, distinction to make for today's show as we're talking about Jordan Love is if you could go back to 2022, there is zero outcome. There is not a single outcome that in, in which the, the Packers would have been better off last year with Aaron Rodgers with what we know now with the benefit of hindsight instead of Jordan Love. Let me rephrase that for a second. It would have been better in any situation that would have happened with Jordan Love last year, just by default, than what the Packers ended up with Aaron Rodgers in 2022. So let me explain that. The Packers end eight and nine on the season with Aaron Rodgers. They are caught a little bit in no man's land. Again, picking in the middle of the draft. They don't make the playoffs. They have an extremely disappointing season. Their offense looked atrocious, especially when it mattered most in a game against the Lions at the end of the year. Rodgers took a significant step back. And once again, you have no evaluation on Jordan Love. So nothing inherently went right. And yes, it's good to win some football games. It's not, you know, you'd never take that for granted. They got eight wins. They won four in a row uh, to try to get back in things. And I do think there's some positives that you can take away from that. But let's go back in time and let's say Jordan Love was the starter all of last year. So the first scenario is let's say he wins just one more game than what the Packers would have with Aaron Rodgers. And you might be thinking, Andy, that's ridiculous. There's no way. And I'm probably with you. I don't think they do better with Jordan Love than what they would have done with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think it's likely. But let's just even say there's a 4% chance, 2% chance, whatever percent chance you want to put on it. Let's say he wins one more game than Aaron Rodgers then that season would have clearly been much more successful because not only did you get an evaluation of Jordan Love and get to see how he played, but he led the team to the playoffs. And we know that Rodgers did not now, again, in hindsight. So that would have been better. If they would have went eight and nine with Jordan Love, you would have had the exact same record. 
and we would have got a Jordan Love evaluation and we would have got Jordan Love experience, right? We would have like, now you're like, okay, he went eight and nine in his rookie year and you actually got to see him play and maybe he built off of it as the season went along. So that would have been a better scenario than going eight and nine with Aaron Rodgers. You could also make an argument like, all right, six and what, six and 11, seven and 10, that those records with seeing Jordan Love would have been better than eight and nine with Aaron Rodgers because you still get experience for Love. You get to make an evaluation with him. You still don't make the playoffs, so it's not that much different. And you get a better draft pick at the end as well. So that's not that much worse. Then you get into the the five win, four win, three win area. And that's not ideal. And you might say, I would rather have eight wins with Rodgers than, you know, four, five, six wins with Jordan Love. And I'd be like, okay, but what did you accomplish with the Aaron? Like, you can argue that Green Bay basically accomplished nothing in their special teams took a step. But like, other than that, you would be hard pressed to like point to something that Green Bay accomplished in 2022. Like, what did we gain out of 2022? No, no young, no um, player who played in 2021 got better, got of any real significant increase in 2022. Certainly your draft picks, but that those draft picks would have been good regardless of who was that quarterback. Like, so what did you accomplish in 2022 with what we know now, right? So in at least in the four, five, six win games, maybe love looks bad, but at least you get an evaluation of him and at least he got some experience and you were able to see what happened. And then you've got the, like, what, no wins, one win, two win scenarios. In that case, you know Jordan's probably not the guy. He, he probably played pretty terrible in that situation. And that's not a great outcome. But now you've got potentially the opportunity to take one of those quarterbacks early in the draft and start fresh there. And you know that Jordan's not the guy, which is an important distinction uh, nonetheless, like you might say like that's a worse scenario. And you could make that argument. But at least you know what Jordan Love is and that he's probably not the guy. So I would make a strong argument that in 2022, any scenario with Jordan Love that would have played out, whether it be zero wins, a Super Bowl win, the same eight and nine record that they had, slightly worse, any of it would have actually been a much better outcome on the season that we would have actually gained information, gained some, gained knowledge out of what happened to Jordan Love and been able to make an evaluation and a determination if he was your quarterback moving forward than what we learned in 2022 with Aaron Rodgers, which was eight and nine. What the heck do we do now? The team played like crap the majority of the year. Nobody really stepped up. You've had a good rookie class and that's it. You're just left in no man's land. You're left with no information. And I think what really needs to be known here is that you wanna avoid that happening again in 2023. You, this is probably the offseason that really matters for Jordan Love and making the ultimate determination of whether or not you want him to come back and be your quarterback or if he, you just don't believe in him and it's it's time to go in a different direction. And that's why like this, this offseason is another referendum on Jordan Love and what the Packers believe that Jordan Love is, even more so than it was in 2022. And it was a referendum on Jordan Love in 2022 as well, because remember, Let's let's play this out. It has been reported that the Green Bay Packers, that the Denver Broncos, excuse me, were their primary target at quarterback in 2022 was Aaron Rodgers. It wasn't Russell Wilson. Their primary target in a trade was Aaron Rodgers. And as soon as Aaron Rodgers decided that he was staying in Green Bay, 
and not go, not demanding a trade, not wanting to go to Denver. As soon as that happened, they switched and they traded for Russell Wilson. It's been reported on multiple occasions that that is what happened. That doesn't necessarily mean that the Broncos would have given the same package that they did for Russell Wilson for Aaron Rodgers. But if that was their primary target, I think it probably means that or at least something extremely close. And let's just be real here. And I've said this before, and I'll say it right now again. If the Green Bay Packers had a firm belief at last season, at this time, that Jordan Love was ready to play as a starting caliber NFL quarterback, you make that deal with your eyes closed. You say you cannot say yes quick enough. You sign off on it as fast as you possibly can. If you believe that Jordan's the guy, this is what this is what the, the Seahawks got in exchange. Two first round picks, two second round picks, a fifth round pick, Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, and Noah Fant. Let me say that one more time. Two firsts, two seconds, a fifth, Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, and Noah Fant for Russell Wilson in a fourth round pick. So by the way, that first and second round pick last year was the ninth pick and the 40th pick. At number nine, they could have had Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave. At 40, they could have had Kenneth Walker, like the uh, Kenneth Walker, the, the Seahawks running back, right? Like those were legitimate choices that they could have made. Maybe they take Boy Mafe, who the Seahawks took at that pick in pick 40. They would have had more edge depth. Maybe they don't make the trade up for Christian Watson. Maybe he's just there at pick 40. Maybe they take, like they could have gone in a million different directions, but they could have had pick nine and 40 last year and then still had a first and second round pick coming up from the Broncos in this upcoming draft as well. That's all to say that if you believed in, in Jordan Love at that time and you thought he was going to be a legit top 18-ish starting quarterback, you do that deal so fast because that is a massive, massive haul of talent and draft picks that would have changed the trajectory of this Packers roster, especially when you traded Devontae too for a first and a second. All of a sudden, you've got your first, you've got the Broncos first, you've got the um You've got the Raiders first, you've got the Raiders second, your second, the Broncos second, like, and now you've got a first and a second next year from the Broncos, your first and second, like you are cooking with gas and you have, like I said, completely changed the trajectory of your season. And maybe again, that deal, maybe that deal wasn't quite as much. Rogers was older and there was always the threat that he could retire after just one year where that wasn't really the threat with Wilson. So maybe they weren't offering quite as much but maybe it's just like a first and a second and a second or something like that. It still would have been a significant haul for Aaron Rodgers this past year. And again, if they believed in love, they take that deal. They didn't. That was in some capacity, a referendum and a commentary, if you will, on Jordan Love. That said, even though I last year I said prior to even knowing about the Russell Wilson deal, I said it was time to trade Aaron Rodgers. I also said at the same time, I wholeheartedly understood not trading him last year because he was just the back-to-back MVP. That is an extremely tough thing to do. The guy won back-to-back MVPs and is telling you that he wants to come back and play for your team. And you're like, nah, we're going to trade you. It is extremely difficult. This is not Madden. This is not fantasy football. These are real people. And as a coach and a GM, there's a lot more job security with Aaron Rodgers than there is with an unknown quarterback. That is just the, the absolute truth of it. So I totally understand last year, two back-to-back MVPs, he's playing phenomenal football. He wants to come back. Like going in a different direction is really hard in that scenario. It would have been the right thing to do. I thought so at the time. And clearly, clearly in hindsight, that would have been the right thing to do. 
but it's a very difficult thing to do. And I don't blame, I don't blame Green Bay for saying like, hey, we're going to take one more shot with the back-to-back MVP and see if we can win this thing. Because there would have been a um, a cost no matter what, right? Because if Rodgers goes and plays great in Denver and like you would have always been wondering if, man, if we would have kept him just one more year, could we maybe have won a Super Bowl? So like there's, there's always a risk there. So I get it. I understand it. But now you have this year and Rodgers is coming off. I wouldn't even say arguably. I would just say it is the worst starting year of his career. You saw a significant decline and in all likelihood, you are probably going to get some clear, like whether it's draft capital or something, like there's going to be assets that come in in return for Aaron Rodgers. Probably nowhere near the haul that they got, they could have got from Denver last year, but probably like a first round pick, maybe more. Um, That's still a significant deal. And especially for a player that could retire at any time. And if he retires, this is all a moot point, obviously. But if he doesn't, if he decides he wants to play, these are all conversations that you need to go through. And my point being here isn't necessarily today whether or not they should do it or that they should trade Rodgers or whatever. That episode's coming in on Monday, by the way. Uh, but what this topic is rather is that if Green Bay says after Rodgers' worst season of his career, as he's going to be 40 in next year, he's 39 right now, he's going to be 40 in his 2023 season. If they say, we want to bring back Rodgers, not after back-to-back MVP seasons, after the worst season of his career, after significant signs of decline, even with the, I get the injuries, I get that aspect of it. I get that the offense wasn't set up perfectly. I get all those things. When I when I grade Rodgers on my grades, and when I say he struggled in a game, I, if, if there's pressure on Rodgers, that's not a negative grade on Aaron. If the receivers aren't open down the field, that's not a negative grade on Aaron. I'm, I'm grading him on the plays where he has the ability to make a play when there are receivers open, when the blocking does hold up. I'm not I'm not grading him negatively on plays that aren't his fault when uh, at the beginning of the year, uh, Royce Newman and Jake Hansen can't hold up for the life of him on the right side of the offensive line against Darius Smith. That's not on Aaron. Those aren't plays that I'm grading negatively. I'm only grading the plays where he has an opportunity. And to be so much worse this year, than he was in his all of the previous seasons that I've ever graded is still an indictment on Aaron, regardless of the weapons that were around him. Now, if he had better weapons, he'd have more opportunities, would make more splash plays, would ultimately grade better because of that. I get that, but I'm not grading him in those negative plays because you know because of other factors. It's just when he has an opportunity to make a throw or make a play. And there were far too many times where there were opportunities where the line protected and he had players downfield throw to, and he couldn't make the play. He couldn't make the throw, overthrows, throws to the sidelines, underthrows, intercepted throws, sacks taken, you know, sack fumbles. Like there was just far too many of it or just missed inaccurate throws. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. So now you've seen that Aaron Rodgers, and now you've seen a step up from Jordan Love, and everyone seems to feel like the next step for Jordan is that he's ready to play and that he needs to play. If that's the case, then you play him. And if they don't, if they say, you know what, we're going with Aaron again, that to me is telling that they don't really believe in Jordan Love. That, that that's there's no other way to read that. Like, and you you I know some of you will say, like, Andy, it's still Aaron Rodgers. He's the four-time MVP. And like, do you not want to give that one more chance? Not if Jordan's ready. No, I don't. Not after what I just saw this past season. Not after we saw two MVP seasons where he was phenomenal with the best wide receiver in football, where in 2020, they couldn't win at home against the Buccaneers. In 2021, they couldn't win a single playoff game. So even when Rodgers was at his best, and even when he had the best wide receiver in football, that those teams weren't good enough to get it done. And now when you take that number one wide receiver away, and Aaron takes a bit of a step back as a passer... It's an eight, nine season. You don't even get in the playoffs. If you're trending that out, that is not trending in the right direction. My faith that you could, because here's the, the bottom line on it is if you think that they're going to win the Super Bowl next year, if you think that's a legitimate chance that Green Bay brings back Rodgers and they can win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I guess I kind of get it. It's just, you're going to be, it, I would be hard pressed to feel confident going into next year we'll see what the roster ends up being because I think this is what they're going to do. I think Rodgers will be back and I think they're going to bring a lot of these guys back. And I think it's going to be 2022 part two. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of the same thing. I don't think that team has the ability to make a run towards a Super Bowl, and they might be better. Maybe they're 10 and seven, maybe they're 13 and four again, but to make a run through the playoffs and be better than they were in those seasons when they had Adams and Rodgers was playing at an MVP level. I don't see that. And if you don't think that Rodgers and probably what is his last year, maybe he plays two more, whatever it is, but if you don't think he has the ability and the Packers have the ability to make a run towards that Super Bowl, then what are you doing it for? So if they if they bring him back, to me, that is still an indictment of what they feel about Jordan Love. And I know that they maybe will try to have their cake and eat it too, bring back Aaron, make a run and see if Jordan can play the following year because of the fifth year options and because of where Jordan's at in his career, Jordan could very easily for, you know, try to force a trade out of Green Bay. And I'll, I'll, I think I'm going to end on this. I might have to review my notes here for a second, but I think I'm going to end on this is if, if Jordan Love, if you don't move to Jordan Love this year, no matter what, the Jordan Love decision probably becomes a fail. Because if you go with Rodgers, 
and Love goes to another team and he's great, that is the biggest fail that you could possibly imagine. In no scenario can you let Love go somewhere else and be a really good quarterback because that is beyond brutal. Now, if you go with Rodgers and you trade away Jordan Love and he's bad, it's still a fail. And what I mean by that, it's a fail previously, right? That you spent a first round pick on Jordan Love and at a time where you are you know, ready to make a run towards a Super Bowl, that you, you used a first round pick on a backup quarterback. You had four years basically to develop him as a passer, as a legitimate quarter, quarterback, because there was no question about the talent that he had. So you had four years to develop him. You couldn't. And then when you had the opportunity to move with him, you move to him, he wasn't ready. You trade him away and you end up with getting less in return than you spent on him in the first place at a time when you were competing for you know, a Super Bowl. So if, if now is not the time to move to Jordan, no matter what happens from here on out, is a it was a failed move for Jordan Love. You do still have a small sliver if he comes in and he plays well and he can be a legitimate starter. It doesn't look as bad then, but you're probably going to have to make that decision um, sooner, like now, not sooner rather than later. Like you have to make it now. Now is the time to move to him. Or like I said, he could demand a trade and that could get messy as well. So that will be something worth monitoring. And I, I just want to note one more thing here too. It is possible it's, it's possible that love just isn't good. It's possible that all of our conjecture of you know wanting to see Jordan Love and what he is capable of, it's possible that the Packers just feel like 90% confident that he's just a bad quarterback and that's why they don't want to move forward with him. I, I don't know. We don't know. We don't know their legitimate feelings on Jordan Love and what they think he can be moving forward. Personally, regardless of who it is, when he has that type of talent and you've spent that much time developing him, I think you would like to see him get in a handful of games to see if your evaluation is correct. Because guess what? Sometimes evaluations are wrong. Sometimes that's going to happen. So being able to see him in games would be really beneficial. And they haven't been able to do that. Like I said, the worst case scenario that could possibly happen is that you trade him away and he goes and tears it up somewhere else. That is the one thing that cannot happen. So we'll see what happens. Maybe they believe in love. Maybe they just believe in Aaron Rodgers more. That's a possibility. Um, but I think that this is a, ultimately we're going to learn a lot about what the Packers feel about Jordan Love because in its simplest terms, if they think he's ready, if they think he's a legitimate NFL starting quarterback, if they think he can be a top 15 guy in this league, it doesn't matter that it's a four-time MVP. It is a 40-year-old quarterback who's coming off the worst year of his career and you've got a young top 15 quarterback, if that's what they would think, a young top 15 quarterback that's ready to come in and lead your team. And if you don't have the you know fortitude to make that move, to go to your younger quarterback, then you're not in the right job. So that's why I'm saying, I'm not saying again, that today's show is not whether they should or should not. It's just to point out that if they don't go to love, that is a huge commentary on that they don't think Jordan, either one of two things, either it's a huge commentary that they don't think Jordan Love is ready or they are making a massive, massive mistake. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be right back here tomorrow discussing what Green Bay should do with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. So make sure to check that out. Subscribe if you haven't already. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.